Every single player who's come to Michigan State since 2007 has a ring on their finger. I'm going to be a coach here for a long time. It's not over. It's just starting. But just remember, pride comes before the fall. So you might as well just come out and say what you're, what's your feeling at some point in time, because you know I can only be diplomatic for so long. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Monday, September 23rd, 2019. I am your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. How we doing? How we doing out there? We feeling a little bit better? A little bit more at ease than we were this time last week? You know, I think if we just get a few more uh, listeners to the podcast that I could actually afford to like purchase the rights for uh, for Jumper by Third Eye Blind. You know, I wish you would step back from that ledge, my friend, that song, and I can just play it every Monday after Michigan State loses because <laughs> it is just a full on panic fest. It's like, guys. We got to calm down collectively as a unit. We need to calm down. Things aren't that bad. Uh, and they weren't. Uh, you know, I wasn't sure how many points Michigan State was going to score against Northwestern. Uh, I didn't think they'd get 31. I thought it'd be mid to high 20s. You know, close-ish. 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 Close-ish uh, to what they ended up scoring. I thought the defense would hold Northwestern to uh, one or two scores tops. Um, And yeah, I I thought they would just look about the same as they did against Arizona State. Uh, Move the ball well, maybe not as well, but be a little bit more productive in the final third of the field. And that's kind of what you got. Uh, They were opportunistic, I think is the word Mark D'Antonio used, and um, it was good, and we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the offense, we're going to talk about uh, Brian Lewerke, and then we should talk about the defense, shouldn't we? Yeah, we should, I, I'm going to talk about the defense for the the third segment of, of today's show. There's a couple things that are absolutely worth spending a little bit of time on, so that's what we're going to do. Today's show, we're gonna we're gonna talk about 31-10 win over Northwestern and how Pat Fitzgerald is a massive dork for calling all his timeouts and doing an onside kick down 21 and and just being Pat Fitzgerald. But that's what we're doing for today's show. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Subscribing is the easiest way to get episodes to your phone every single day. They go up 5 a.m. five days a week. I do these shows part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, let's uh, dig into this game. So Michigan State searching for Mark D'Antonio's 110th career victory a week after stubbing their toe, falling on their faces, collectively crapping the bed all over Spartan Field, 
Spartan Field, Spar- the Spartan Stadium Field. I am crushing it right now talking. Um, yeah, just bad. Bad, 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 bad. Uh, they come out a little sluggish against Northwestern outside of the first drive, which Michigan State's opened the ball on offense, um, opened the game with the, with the ball on offense four times now, and they've scored three touchdowns in those first four drives. Uh, one time, things didn't get better at all. Another time, things just stayed that way and were perfect, and this one was a little bit more up and down. And so that, that first drive's great, then the offense just... And I haven't charted everything yet, uh, just as an advisory. So it turns out ABC, my local affiliate and the streaming service I have, um, I can't actually record anything with ABC. ABC's not part of my streaming package, and I can't add it to the DVR. Uh, so I have to wait for a replay. And I think the first one is later today on ESPNU at some point. It's in there somewhere, so I haven't done my rewatch yet. So some of this I'm not going to be as specific with numbers and how often Michigan State was in this personnel and how often they were in play X. But uh, it just felt like they were kind of, I don't know, searching for an identity at times, stammering a little bit. We did see some of the... Ugly things rear their heads, whether it was, you know, a penalty killing a drive on the first play, uh, a bad play call ending a drive, uh, a you know, an unforced error or an execution issue uh, on the offensive line leading to a sack killing a drive. It was just like bam, 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 bam. At Michigan State, it felt like didn't have the ball at all after that first touchdown drive. The fumble by Cody White certainly doesn't help that. And so... They get going perfectly, like a perfect first drive, and then they don't see the ball for a while. They go three and out a couple of times in their next few drives, and all of a sudden, everyone is just like, what the hell happened? Where was that? What Where was what was going on? Like a jet sweep. They ran a jet sweep, and it lost eight yards, and it killed the drive, and everyone's like, what are, what are we doing here? Um, but they sort of you know, seemed like they were going heavier at times. It was really confusing. And I, again, I need to chart this stuff just to sort of see what it looked like. Um, but you know, Matt Dotson isn't playing your, your starting tight end isn't playing. And yet you keep trotting out two tight end sets, uh, all the time against a team that you are way more athletic than way faster than, you know, I thought this would be a game where Michigan state would really, spread Northwestern out and kind of have their way with them at times, moving the ball uh, on the ground through the air and just, you know, being really efficient and effective. And they were, they ended up being efficient on offense, but man, some of those drives were just terrible to watch. And whether it was execution, a penalty play call, it was sort of like the entire Arizona state game combined into a handful of drives there. And then going into the half, they run the two-minute drill. They go 11 the entire time. They go with tempo the entire time. And after you know a quarter and a half of the offense really stagnating and Brian Lewerke looking you know, less than sharp, he was not very good at all, I think, in the first half. Um, the offense picks up its pace a little bit. They're throwing the ball downfield a little bit. They're completing things, making plays, getting guys uh, hit in stride. 
with room to run after the catch. Tempo's going. Brian's you know, getting into a rhythm, and they march right down the field with tempo, and they get down to the red zone so quick that they decide to slow it down again, which I'm actually okay with because you want that to be the last possession of the half. You don't want to leave 47 seconds for Northwestern. Uh, and they slow it down a little bit, and they, they eventually punch it in. And, you know, Brian's really struggling there in the first half. And then that touchdown pass, it was just absolutely phenomenal quarterback play. I mean, uh, avoiding pressure, throwing the ball accurately with timing with a guy barreling down on him. He threw it directly through a guy who was bringing pressure from the edge. Uh, perfect timing, perfect placement for a touchdown. And that sort of, that drive, I think, really helped flip the script a little bit because Michigan State goes into halftime with some confidence there and comes back out completely different in the second half. And again, I need to rewatch to see kind of if they made adjustments or if they just executed better. I'd be willing to bet they made some adjustments, but I think they just kind of played better football. Um, but there are certainly reasons to be optimistic after that. And there are reasons to be worried after that. And I don't want to be like, uh, I don't know the guy who's always just kind of taking the other side against Tulsa. I was optimistic after Arizona state. I was optimistic against Western Michigan. I was saying, Hey, let's be cautious here. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. And I'm doing the same again here with Northwestern. Um, But I think what you saw against Northwestern is kind of emblematic of what the offense could be all season. I will explain what I mean by that in a couple of minutes. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. Download the app, get enrolled into that Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program and our promo code kickoff100 at the Vivid Seats app and get a discount of up to $100. Okay, so what do I mean by the Northwestern game being emblematic of what Michigan State is on offense? I think it's kind of a really good picture of what we're going to see from them. It's going to be some really good stuff, some bad stuff, some okay stuff, some mind-numbingly dumb stuff, some bad penalties at the wrong time, some decent drives that go nowhere. Just kind of they they really ran they ran the whole gamut there <laughs> against Northwestern. And I will say that's a good defense. They're, they were 13th or 15th in SP Plus going into the game. I think they dropped to 30th, 29th, something like that after the game. Like I kind of imagine they might after that. And Michigan State is now 85th, I think, on offense. And number one in defense and number 20 overall in SP Plus. So kind of right in line there. Um, although that offensive number, I think, will start moving up here in the next few weeks. Anyway. Through four weeks, like what are we looking at with this offense? What do we have? We've got a really lackluster vanilla performance. And honestly, at this point, I'm okay throwing out the Tulsa game as really anything. Um, Just 
looking back on the plays that they ran, the the just the scheme, the vanilla nature of it, um, the type of defense that they were playing, and it's not just a three three five because that's not, you know, teams will use three down linemen and they'll do some different things like Arizona State's three front defense is way different than Tulsa's. Tulsa's was just kind of weird. Uh, the way they played the run and the way they defended the pass by just dropping eight all the time. Um, so based on you know it being opening night, showing just part of the playbook, like they ran more power runs that game than they did zone stuff, and that's certainly certainly not the case with this team anymore. We've seen them even change uh, from that first game. So I'm okay throwing the Tulsa game out, but what we've got the next you know few games there you've got an absolute wonderful offensive performance against a clearly overmatched team western michigan not going to be a good defense this season you've got a lackluster performance red zone struggles some production in terms of just yards but a really disappointing error-filled contest against a very good defense in arizona state and then you've got you know, a little bit up and down, a nice performance, a good job finishing drives, some really nice plays, some some bad decisions, some eh type stuff, and just kind of a like a B plus ish, B B plus offensive effort. And if you add all those things up, all those different performances, and you look at the different variables, and you look at opponents and yardage, and sort of try to take a step back and look at this whole picture of the Michigan State offense, what do you get out of those three games? I think you get a decent offense, right? It's not a great offense. It's not a terrible offense. It's a decent offense. They're all right. They're going to be able to score into the 30s against teams that are solid on defense. They just did it. Scored 31 on a pretty good defense. You know, that sounds like a decent offense. There are going to be games, and maybe Indiana's one. Indiana has like the 32nd ranked defense in SP+. They're they're a solid defense. There are going to be games where they, you know, score 20 against a team they should score 35 on. You know, there are going to be games like that. There are going to be games where they score 40 against a team they should score 28 on. It's just, you know, if you, like, if I would have told you at the beginning of the season, hey, Michigan State's going to have one of the top three defenses in the entire country, and their offense is going to be top 50, top 60, somewhere in there. Just, you know, above average, decent, score in the mid-20s on average. I think a lot of people would have taken that. I probably would have. That's even, I think that might be like an optimistic view on like, hey, how do you think the offense is going to be this year? Yeah, they could be like top 50 or 60. Like, wow, you're really optimistic about them, aren't you? Like that was kind of the optimistic view going into this season. And I think that's kind of what you've got. And we forget that if your team averages 25 points a game over the season or 27 points a game over the season, you're not scoring 28 points or 27 points Every single game, you're scoring 28, and then you're scoring 50, and then you're scoring 7, and then you're scoring 30, and then you're scoring 22. Like, that's kind of how it goes when you don't have a great offense, 
when you have a decent offense, some of the issues are consistency issues. Within games, within drives, within plays, and certainly within seasons. Like Michigan State, the offense is going to be able to do some stuff, and then they're not going to be able to do some stuff. And you just hope that when they do some stuff, it's at an appropriate time. Um, Like on the road in Columbus would be a good time to do some stuff. And you hope that whatever opponent they're playing, the matchups kind of can edge in your favor in some spots. The defense can do their job. And on a night where you can only get 21 from the offense, the defense holds them to 17. On a night where the defense gives up 24 or 28, which is very possible in Columbus, like Ohio State could put up mid-30s against this defense. As good as they are, Ohio State is a freak show factory of talent. Like, they could just have a day. We've seen them have a day before. On the nights where, where your defense gets tuned up a little bit and gives up high mid-high 20s, your offense can get 31 and get a win. Like, that's sort of the, the balance here that Michigan State has. The, the issue is that doesn't leave uh, a ton of room for error. Like, when you play a team like Ohio State, when you play a team like Wisconsin— you can't crap the bad. The de- like the defense can't shoulder the entire weight against those two teams. There will be points scored by the opponent in games like that. And the offense can't afford to have one of those games. They have to have some sort of competence, a B-minus type effort, unlike the Arizona State game where you kind of come away with a C-minus, D-plus type performance. And that's why they're not the favorite for the Big Ten. Like, right, That's it's not a huge, crazy bad thing that I'm saying. If it weren't the case, Michigan State would be one of the top 10 best teams in the country. If they had a top 30 offense with one of the best defenses in the country, they would be one of the 10 best teams in the entire country. Um, but they don't. They have a number 50, number 60-ish offense. And that's going to leave you, you know, 15 in the country, 17, somewhere in that range. Certainly a really good team. Uh, a team that can play uh, a bunch with uh, pretty much anyone on their schedule. Like Michigan State, as it's presently constructed, can go into Columbus and beat Ohio State. Am I betting on them to do that? No. <laughs> They can go into uh, Madison and beat Wisconsin. Am I betting on them to do that? Mm, probably not. We'll see. Check back with me in a couple weeks. I want to see more Wisconsin. I want to see more Michigan State. But they're they're really good. They're really good. They're going to be favored potentially in all but two games the rest of the season. Michigan is turning into a disaster quickly. Penn State is in Spartan Stadium in East Lansing. I don't think Penn State's that much more talented than Michigan State. If they even are. Like, it could be a close game. Michigan State could be favored in that game by a handful of points. Be a, It'll be a close one, but Michigan State should be favored in that game. Every other game on the schedule, aside from at Ohio State, at Wisconsin, they're going to be favored. And that's not a terrible thing. And... I think, given what they are on offense, you know, it's an okay offense. If they're able to 
have those nights where things are just kind of clicking and you're making big plays and you're, you know, defense is coming up with a stop. Special teams gets a nice return. Things like that. They're absolutely a team that can go into a place like Columbus, can go into a place like Madison and come out with victories. Sucks that it would have to be in consecutive weeks. Um, But this team is good. Is a really good football team. Maybe not a top 10 team, but it's a top 15 team, top 20 team. uh, And they do have room to get better. And we should be excited about what this season has in front of us because I think it could be uh, really fun with some really big games. Okay, let's talk about the defense. I haven't done enough of that, and I'm going to do that. I'm going to just give a segment to the defense here uh, in just a minute. We'll do that after this quick break. That was kind of a weird segment track. Sometimes I have a great plan for a segment. Sometimes I just have an idea I want to get across. And that one, I just had an idea. And the entire idea was like, hey, this offense is okay. They're decent. They're okay. And then I just like, I'm going to build on that and didn't really have a plan beyond that. Uh, And just kind of went down there. The old, uh, I don't even know. Just kept going with it. Uh, But yeah, you got a decent offense and you've got an absolutely phenomenally crazy elite defense. I have profound respect for the 2013 iteration of the Michigan State Spartans defense. I do. They were phenomenal. They were just impossible to play def- or play offense against. They were menaces. They had guys that were tenured, been around starters for three years, playmakers all over every level. They were flat incredible. And what I'm about to say is no disrespect to them, but this is the best defense Mark D'Antonio has ever had at Michigan State. Um, I don't want to say it's not close because it is. Like, it's not fair to say, like, it's not even close, but like 2013 and this season and even last season are the three best defenses and then after that 2012 those are your top fours and how there was kind of like a clear discernible difference between 2012 and 2013 like you could be like yeah 2012 they were awesome they were so great 2013 they took a step and they were somehow better than great last year's defense was awesome they were great they were so incredible and they're taking a step this season um yeah, they held Northwestern to three points, like three actual points. That's pretty impressive. Uh, Northwestern's not a good offense, but holding any offense to three points is pretty good. Uh, Arizona State had three points the entire game. They go down on the last drive, and if things are playing out differently on the other side of the ball, you know I think it's fair to question whether or not Arizona State is able to stitch together that last drive in a situation like that. Um, but still like the yardage total that Arizona state had, they followed it up by putting a huge number on Colorado despite losing, which is the strangest game ever. Um, you know, Western Michigan has been putting up 50 bombs on everyone. They score 10 in non garbage time against Michigan state. Tulsa had a drive. Um, this is an incredible unit. Um, 
I'm not sure about Jacob Panashuk. We'll see. There's potential there. Um, but Mike Panashuk is a pro. Raekwon Williams is a pro. Kenny Willekes is a pro. Three of your starting front four are for sure pros. We'll see where Panashuk ends up getting drafted, but Raekwon and, and Kenny are day one, early day two players. Joe Bocci is a pro. His third-round draft pick is a pro. Antoine Simmons will one day be a pro. We'll see about Tyreek Thompson. So two of your three starting linebackers, pros. Dell's a pro. Xavier Henderson will be a pro. Josiah Scott, if he wasn't five foot eight and a half, would absolutely be someone who's day one, day two type player, but he's still pro. He'll play in the slot. Um, and we'll see about Josh Butler. I think he's like a UDFA type guy. And Josh Butler, honestly, might be more uh, skilled or more, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, to play safety at the next level. He could fit in that kind of level. I think there's a, a role for that kind of tackling uh, ability and defensive back. Anyway, point is, uh, eight of your starting 11 are certified 100% going to be professional football players. And the other three all have like uh, really good shots. There's nobody on this team where you're like, really nice college player, but he's not going past this level. Like they are all really freaking good at football. And Joe Bocci played as good a game as you're going to see someone play football. I'm sure you saw the grading system and Michigan State grades, if you have it, Michigan State grades players um, by impact plays, and they have game scores. And anything over, it's like a common practice, uh, grading film like this. And D'Antonio, I think, said he's been doing it since he was with Saban in 95 at Michigan State, or 97, whatever year it was. Um, basically, 17, any score over 17, you're having a really good game. Anything over 20, it's like, wow, you really stood out there. You had a nice... Nice big-time game. Uh, Joe Bocci had 53 (laughs) in that game. Uh, He was incredible. The uh, fourth down stop, the goal line stand, uh, Mike Panishuk and Raekwon Williams ruined every single play. Like, seriously, do this. Next game against Indiana, just for the first couple of series when Michigan State's on defense, just watch Raekwon Williams and Mike Panishuk. Watch them work. Watch them just destroy blockers and turn the center from like it's almost like tackle to tackle sometimes but like guard to guard for sure depending on whatever they're they're running whatever the offense is running watch them turn their area into just a wall a wall of mass with with green and white hands grabbing at at running backs and dragging them down um and then watch joe bocce and the linebackers just flow so free wherever they want, wherever the ball is going and making tackles behind the line of scrimmage. Um, watch those guys. They destroyed every single play um, in that in that goal line stand. Yeah, Joe Bocci had the really nice highlight with a cool tackle of like swinging the guy around. Um, but that was all Raekwon and, and Panishuk. Like, they're incredible. Uh, the, the secondary, you know... <laughs> Nobody can run on Michigan State. The secondary is constantly being challenged all the time. And in this defense, you're going to give up plays. And in this defense, with this run defense, with this front, you're going to give up a decent amount of plays. Like, think about it. Michigan State's going to give up, like, 40, 50, 60 yards a game. It's like 60-something. Let's say 60. They give up 60 yards a game in, in the run game. If the pass game gives up 200 yards every single game, 
That is still an absolutely elite defensive unit that is not giving up more than like 14 points per game. And that's 200 yards. That's not like a small amount. It's not a crazy amount, but you're going to give up plays. When teams are throwing 30, 40 times on your defense and they're able to just come away with 200, 220, 230 yards, like I don't even think Northwestern got that. Like, yeah, plays are going to happen, but the amount of plays that don't happen on this back end is what we should be focusing on. Uh, Whether that's from the pass rush, from good coverage, coverage sacks, from blitzes, or from, you know, guys making plays on the ball. uh, They're just really outstanding. And it's a privilege really to watch them play football. It's laugh out loud funny sometimes to watch them do what they do to other teams. And I really think, like, I know there's a lot of frustration, like, We've got this elite, crazy, great defense for two years in a row, and we're going to get nothing from it. Um, I know that feeling is out there, but I really think offensively there's enough to make a run at some significant things. If the schedule set up better this year, I would be leaning towards Michigan State having maybe the, you know, like for sure the second best chance. Yeah, maybe the best chance, like depending on Ohio State, like if that game was in East Lansing, I could see Michigan State having a better than decent chance to win that one. As it sits now in Columbus, then you got to go to Wisconsin. Like that's really tough. And even if that Wisconsin game wasn't Wisconsin, if they were going to, I don't know, not Iowa, because Iowa's the weirdest place ever, but whatever, pick another team from the other side. You know, it just it would be that much different if they were going to Purdue. Like Purdue's a good team, but like going to Columbus, then going to Madison the week after or the game after, that's that's a tough ask. Um, I, I I do think that there's enough on the offensive side of the ball to not completely blow this thing. Maybe they're not good enough to win the conference. You know, Ohio State is incredible this year. Um but they're good enough to be contending. They're good enough to win a ton of games. And the defense is just better than any defense uh, I've seen in D'Antonio's entire tenure. And we can't discount that because, gosh, if they were able to hold a team like Ohio State to like 17 points, 21 points, they can win that game. You can score enough to win that game. And it's hard to imagine anyone scoring into the 30s on this defense. So they're really special, and I think the offense has enough juice to be a, a complementary and capable unit of the of the team. They're not going to blow this thing. I, I believe that they're decent. I believe that they're decent. We finally have a read on the offense, and they're decent. And that is what we were hoping for coming into this season. All right. That'll do it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. Matt Sheehan's going to be on hopefully tomorrow. If he's not, it'll be Matt Happner. One of the Matts will be on tomorrow. Um, and, you know, maybe I'll get both Matts. Will and the Matts. We'll see. I'll talk to the Matts and see if we can work anything out. Somebody named Matt is going to be talking about Michigan State football on this podcast tomorrow. You can bet your you-know-what on it. 
<laughs> but we'll just talk about whatever. I don't know. We're going to talk about this game and where this team is at and how we're feeling heading towards this Indiana game. So thanks so much for listening to today's Locked on Spartans. We will be back tomorrow. We will see you then.